0: And now hear the word of the God from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you so much. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see Waypoint Church. It is good to see y'all. How y'all doing? Y'all may not know me, um, but I'm Ricky Harris. I actually am on staff with summer Church, and I was actually in the building when Waypoint it was kind of getting in here and all the stuff like that. So it's just so good to be back in the household a little with you all again. I'm a Durham boy, born and raised in Durham, and so I'm happy to kind of, you know, share what, what God has placed in my heart. God has called us to Las Vegas uh huh. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But listen, I do believe that there's a word that God has for us today. And I need for us to be expecting to hear from God. We don't come to church just to do traditional things, we come to church to experience who God is with each other. Amen? So, let's pray and ask God to meet us here father thank you so much lord it's been a crazy week but i'm reminded that what is impossible with man is possible with god lord through this word there are so many people in here who need to be reminded that you bring life to hopeless situations and we cannot forget that no matter what we see do not let us do not let us forget what we know which is our god is with us and you love us so, Father, speak with my mouth, think with my mind, stand in my body let me do things that are pleasing to you. My job is to simply lift you up high. For you said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Father, draw us together, Lord, in your word today. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, one day, a grandson was going to see his grandmother. The two had not seen each other for a while. And so he knocks on the door and she answers. She welcomes him in and they begin to sit down at the, the dining room table. The two commence to talk, and as they're talking, he notices some peanuts on the table. He says, "Uh, Grandmother, do you mind if I have some? She says, "Uh, sure. So he begins to pop these peanuts in his mouth, and these peanuts seem to be the best he's ever had. I mean, every time he pops one in his mouth, they get better and better. And to his surprise, they get about 30 minutes into the conversation, and the peanuts are now gone. He says, Grandmother, I I want to apologize. You've raised me better than this, but... I have to ask the question, where did you get these bowl of peanuts from? Grandma says, um, <laughs> well, grandson, grandmother's getting old now. And now, because I, I lost my teeth, when folks bring me chocolate peanut m M&M, and I just sucked the chocolate off of them. <laughs> Ew. Nasty. More of the story is, things are not always as they seem especially for the children of God. Amen. If there's anyone who should be experiencing hope, life, joy, it should be people of God. If there's anyone who should be experiencing victory and joy and grace and mercy, it should be the children of God. But you and I both know that that's always not the case. In fact, I would argue that it seems to be that God's own people seem to have the hardest times. Does anyone else feel that? It's as if God, your word says this, but what I see is opposite. You and I come to church. We hear the preacher preach about hope. We sing songs about hope. We come together in small groups to experience hope. But the reality is, though I hear hope, all I see is despair. Though I hear Joy, all I see is frustration. It's the reality that sometimes one plus two does not equal three. It's the reality that as a Christian faith, we should be experiencing hope. I I hear God say that I'm with you, but yet all I feel is the valley. We're not alone. That's also true for the people of God, Israel. They themselves have heard God remind them that that he is with them, but yet all they see is despair. So step into this story with me. It's a hopeless situation, yet Israel shall be reminded that even though what they see is despair, there is a God above who knows exactly where they are and will come to rescue them. We're going to spend our time today in Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14, and we're going to see How God revives his people. We're going to see three things. First, you're going to see Israel's hopeless situation. Second, we're going to see Ezekiel's obedience. And last, we're going to see Israel's restoration. I have entitled this message, dry bones can live. As you turn to Ezekiel 37, let me set the scene for you. Ezekiel now, I'm sorry, Israel now has been captured by Babylon, their enemy. They've been ripped away from their home. They've been packaged and shipped off to a foreign land. They've been ripped away from their family. They have no hope. They've been left by themselves. And to make matters worse, they're supposed to be the people of God. What kind of God would do that? Would call you his own and yet lead you out in the valley to find yourself by yourself. And to make matters worse, God sends a prophet named Ezekiel to go tell his own people that though you've lost everything, that though you've been ripped away from your family, all hope is not lost. What? Feel that. I've lost everything I've ever known, and yet you're sending me a preacher to tell me that you have not forgotten me. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It sounds like the Christian life we live now, if we can be honest. But God does something He always does. He always does. He comes after His people. Let me just remind you this is the gospel. That you and I could not come to God, so God came to us. He comes after His people and says, Though you may feel forgotten, I have not forgotten you. But Israel now, hearing hope. But only seeing despair does what most of us do. I hear you, God, but whatever. So now pick me up in Ezekiel, chapter 37, and we'll start verses 1 through 4. It says this, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out into the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones and he led me around them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, "O oh Lord, only you know. Ever been to a valley before? A lifeless valley. Where there is no life. All you see is the particles of dust rustling past your feet. The vultures now circle your head. It's a place that there seems to be no joy. I'm actually going to a valley called Las Vegas. So I have some idea of what this valley is. It was 117 last week. Lord, help me. It's a place that you don't want to be. And what blows my mind is God calls Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, come here. And he almost grabs Ezekiel by his collar and picks him up and places him now in the middle of a lifeless valley. Now get this, Ezekiel's going, you just told me to tell Israel that hope was coming, and yet you place me in a lifeless valley. That makes no sense. If I'm gonna tell Waypoint that hope is coming, You shouldn't put me in a valley. And then Ezekiel does what we all do. In a new place now he begins to look around. And what he sees is nasty, ashy, dry bones. It's a Serious scene here step into the story with me. Ezekiel now a prophet just told God's people God is coming after you Yet he finds himself in a hopeless valley and then he's surrounded by bones It's as if there was a battle that had happened and these bones who lost the war were just left out by themselves Having no hope no one came to to pick them up and to even bury them. They've been left out by themselves Ezekiel's going Lord, this doesn't make no sense I can't preach hope, yet find myself in despair. Ezekiel's saying, if I'm going to tell them that hope is coming, at least put me me on a mountaintop. Give me some, give me an oasis to stand in. But God says, Ezekiel, these bones represent my people. It's as if God is saying, "Um, great question you're asking me. Can God's people, who I love, be faced in the valley? And God says, that's a great question, but that question is not for me, it's actually for Israel. The reason that Israel has found themselves as these dry bones is because they've walked away from God. Let me just tell you this way, Point. That if you and I think we can do life apart from God, you will be dry. You will have no hope. Jesus Christ says in John 10, I came to give life and life to the full. Let me just remind you of this. Israel has walked away from God and they now realize that they have no hope, they have no future, and they find themselves as dry bones in a valley. And my fear for us is we come here with our education, our stature, as if your education could save you from hell. It can't. We come in here thinking that we don't need God and God says, okay, I'll wait. God has told me so many times in my life, son, if you think you can do life apart from me, I'll wait for you. And I may not be the oldest guy in the room, but I do know this, life apart from God is no life. And and Israel believed that they can do life apart from God and God says, here you are. For those of us who've forgotten that only by God's grace do you sit in the seat you're sitting. Let me just remind you that it is by the grace of God that you are saved. It is by the grace of God that you have a job. It is by the grace of God that you have a family. It is only by the grace of God that you live. So this whole idea that as a Christian I can pull myself up from my bootstraps. Let me just remind you without the grace of God you have no bootstraps. This is where Israel finds themselves now. And God asks the question in the text. He says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? The bones that have been forgotten. The bones that have been left out. The bones that can't quite get over that sin. The bones that have been abused, the bones that have been thought of, that they have no value, no worth. If you don't get it now, I'm talking about us. Everyone in here has a situation where we've realized that, God, we need you. And God says, some of you think that that I've forgotten about you. Some of you think it's because I'm not moving as fast as you want that I don't care about you. But God says, I've sent someone to remind you that I'm coming to get my people. He says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And this is, this, is, this is funny for me. Whenever God asks a question, he kind of already knows the answer. I just didn't know that, but now I know. You know what I'm saying? So he asked the question, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, Lord, uh, only you know. Because Ezekiel realizes the devastation of his own people. It's the idea he's saying, um, in man's power, they can't live. I will remind you of this, that what is impossible with man is possible with God. True story of a five-year-old girl. At five years old, she was uh, sadly taken away from her family and placed in the foster care system. While in foster care, she would be watching the television and realize that, um, a home on the TV was burning. Someone had threw a a homemade bomb and they were capturing on the news. And the girl realized that that house that was burning on TV was actually her mother's house. Her mother would die because someone owned a drug deal with some money and they would toss a homemade bomb and kill her and her grandmother and the rest of her family. At eight years old, she was then um, by her paternal grandmother, but then relocated back into her family and so when she came back into the house she would be in a three bedroom house with 21 other people. To make matters worse then her father and her uncle would sadly touch her inappropriately. If there was anyone who had the resume to say this person cannot make it it was her. If there was anyone that said that that because of what she went through there would be no way in the world she could live it would be her. But at 16 years old, she was told about a God who loved her. And even though she went through some rough times, God never forgot her. And at 16 years old, she would hear the gospel and be saved. She would then go on to be the valedictorian of her high school. And that same girl would then go on to be the first one to graduate from college. And that same girl would then go on to be the first one to get a master's degree in her family. And that same girl would then go on to get married and have two kids. Oh, and by the way, that girl happens to be my wife. Don't you tell me what God can not do. I'm a living witness that I've seen God take rusty bones and bring them up to life. Can these bones live? The ones in this room who are going through some real stuff, and you think that God has forgotten about you, can these bones live? You think that God's forgotten about you, that that all your hopes and dreams are gone? I'm just I came to remind you today that God specializes in reminding His people of His power. God can do all things because He is God. And if you if you come in today feeling low and heavy. As if the God of the universe does not see you and love you. I'm reminded that God sent someone to tell you that I have not forgotten my people. Israel said, all hope is lost. God said, no, it's not lost. You have just walked away from me. So the question is. Do you believe that God has not forgotten you? Do you really believe that God has the power to heal and restore what is broken? Because it's great to come in here and sing songs and it's great to come in here and clap our hands, but in the, the day, Hebrews 11, 6 says that, that faith is what pleases God. So in all your theology, if you don't believe God can do what he can do, you're missing it. I got to go. Is that a clock up here, Danny? I don't even see a clock. Oh, Lord. Where's it It's not over there. I'm a black preacher, man. We live up here all day. All right. Next point. Next point. All right. Next point. Next point. Okay. Now we're going to see Ezekiel's obit. Y'all know this. I'm going to have a good time up here, man. I'm, this is my last time in Durham. I gotta, I'm, there's no Bojangles in Las Vegas. I'm about, to, I'm about to go in. All right. So next point we're going to see We've seen Israel's hopeless situation, but now we're going to see Ezekiel's obedience. Look at it with me. Um, Verse 4 through 10. Bear with me. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause you to breathe into you and you shall live. I will lay sinews upon you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, these bones came together and I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones, son of man, and say to them, breathe. thus says the Lord God, come to the four winds, O breath, and breath on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded and the breath came unto them and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. So, we've just seen the situation with Israel, hopeless. But now the question still remains, can these bones live? Israel, Ezekiel now is simply going, God, I'm in this valley. I'm surrounded by these bones, which represent your people. We're in captivity. We have nothing of our own, and you're asking me, can these bones live? And then, um, God tells Ezekiel to do something else even more strange. He says, prophesy to these bones. Meaning, preach the word of God to these bones. What? Oh, I'm the only one who thinks that's strange. It's only me. No one else in that's true. If I go outside and see Pastor Danny outside talking to Bones, I'm like, wait point. We got a problem, man. I mean, ima- I mean, can you imagine Israel now watching Ezekiel preach the dry bones? They'd be like, listen, y- y- y'all see Ezekiel? He ain't been the same since chapter one. I mean, you got hit tripping, man. I mean, I mean oh, oh, listen. He tells a prophet not to preach to people, but to preach to dry bones. That sounds crazy. But I think if you're not careful, you'll miss the beauty of the story. Even though it sounds crazy, Ezekiel does it. I'm worried about my generation. Because we're beginning to debate with God. God is not a politician. You don't debate with God. He's the creator of all things. He's the one who hung the stars in the sky. He's the one who stretched out the heavens like a curtain. You don't debate with God. What God says we do. Just like a boy who's from Durham County. All of his life is from Durham County. All of his family's from Durham County. And yet you tell this black boy to go to Las Vegas. That makes no sense. But I am, I am reminded that my life is not my own. When I became a Christian, I said, God, you are in control of my life and you put me where you want me to be. And he happened to say, I'm to the hottest place on earth, Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm not here. Listen, as a preacher, you never want to make yourself the hero of the story. I'm not here to do that. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that I am practically learning what it means to obey God. And sometimes when you obey God, it makes no sense. But you do it. When God says, I want you to go open your mouth and share the gospel with your neighbor, even though you may not be a theologian, you do it. When God says, I want you to forgive that person who wronged you even though they never apologized. You do it. When God says, I want you to go across the street to a neighborhood that you don't like and you're afraid of to open your mouth and proclaim that I love those people too. You do it. When God says... I want you to to, to let your children go off to the mission field and trust me that I love them just as much as you love them. You do it. When God says, I want you to give all you have to the poor because you trust that if you follow me, I will provide for you. You do it. We don't debate with God. But here's the thing I, I think I'm trying to hit here. I can trust in God because I know that what he has for me is good, even if it makes no sense. Does that make sense? Ezekiel obeys God, even though it makes no sense. We got to stop asking God to fit in our box. He doesn't. And if we're supposed to be a church on the move, then we can't be stagnant because God is a living God. He's always on the move. But he can't move his people if we're so stuck in what we think our life should be. He obeys, but also he shows his faith. It takes faith to obey God. You know what you know what faith is? Faith is um Believing that God is who he says he is and he can do what he said he can do. That's what faith is. It's putting both feet on Jesus. I'm not leaning over here of my comfort. I'm not trusting in my family pedigree. I'm not trusting in my degree. I am placing both feet on the Savior. That is what faith is. And if we're going to be believers who walk with the Lord, we've got to believe that he is who he says he is and that he can do what he said he can do. That is faith. He believes that God can do, but then, here's the crazy part about it. So he obeys, right? He begins to read the word of God to them. Then he hears a clicking sound. The bones begin to come together. <laughs> who would have thought that the word of God could bring healing to those who are hurting? Who would have thought that the word of God can bring those in the pit up to life? Who would have thought that those who are lost that can now be found? Who would have thought that those who are broken can now be put together back again? Who would have thought that those who kept sitting day after day, there was grace waiting for them? Who would have thought that the word of God brings life to broken people? That's the God we serve. But he says, uh, now these bones are together, but they're not moving. They're standing erect, but there's no life in them. My fear for us, especially in the Bible Belt, is that you can look like a Christian, but have no heart. You can look erect. Your family looks perfect. Your house flawless. Your grass always green. But yet if I peel back the layers, there's no spiritual life in you. That's right. The scariest thing about Christianity is you can learn how to do it. Mm. Jesus. You can be a Christian sadly without having no heart for Jesus. So let me just talk to you as a southern boy about to go west my fear for us in the south is we have made it so easy to be a christian because it's all about the outer appearance but christ called the pharisees who were more who are more holy than us he said you are whitewashed tombstones meaning you look great on the outside no flaws but your tombstone means you're dead in the inside god does not care about how well you look on the outside. You have no heart for him. But then he says, um, Ezekiel, call on the winds and breathe in them. In Hebrew, that word means spirit. He's literally saying, call upon the Holy Spirit to breathe in. So literally, this is the idea. It's the idea of Genesis chapter two, verse seven. when, When God himself will begin to create man in his own image, He would would put put them all together. He would put bones and tendons and skin all together. But then something would happen. Man would now stand erect, but there was um, no life in him. So God himself, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, he would pick man up. And... breathe life into them. What are you saying, Pastor Ricky? That dead bones can only live by God's word and by God's spirit. Amen. I'm telling you this, that some of us right now facing hardships. We have no life because we have walked away from the word and we no longer uh, uh, draw close to his spirit. He's simply saying the only way you can live is by my word and by my spirit. John once is in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hear me, we have got to be men and women of the word that we read our Bible. Listen, to only read your Bible on Sunday is to only be married in public. A Christian to not read his Bible is an oxymoron. It makes no sense, because the the word of God is your life. And I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm simply saying, I am so afraid that we have people saying that they're Christian but they look nothing like their father in the text. But also he says you need my holy spirit to live out what you're reading. And we're going to really reach our community. We're going to really see men love their family and women love their family and kids and students being disciples. It's going to be by the word of God and by his spirit. Man, what time is it? I don't even know. All right, Danny, I'm sorry, bro. All right, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like 1.30. All right, here we go. 11.15. 11.15, okay. So Ezekiel obeys and what was once a dead army is now made alive. And now we're going to see the last point. It was my favorite point. You're going to see Israel's restoration. Look at it with me. Verse 11 through 14 says this. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open up your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. Verse 14, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and will do it, declares the Lord. Israel now has been restored. They've been reminded that they once were lost, but someone came to get them. They have forgotten the power of God. They have forgotten that even though they may find themselves far away from God, God was never far away from them. They walked away from God, but yet God walked to them. And so now God is saying, because you have my word, because you have my spirit, you are now restored. Hear me, waypoint. If you get nothing else, some of you right now are going to do some real hardships. We don't ever jump over those things. Some of you right now are feeling that God has really forgotten you and that God somehow has just displaced your life. But that is just not true. Don't let what you see dictate what you know. You know God is with you. You know God will never never leave you nor forsake you. You know that. Don't let what you see dictate what you know. God has not forgotten his people. And the hope on the story is simply say that what you thought was impossible with me is possible. And my fear for us is we've allowed the past year and a half to simply say, "God, that's it. there is no way in the world you can actually bring hope and healing from what we went through. But do you not see a bones rattling? God is bringing people to his church house. God is still saving lives. Don't let what you see dictate what you know. The church of Christ Jesus is doing fine because now Christians realize their need for Jesus. Ricky, that all sounds great. Thanks for all the yelling, all the jumping around. Appreciate it. But... How do I know that God really will answer what I'm going through? How do I know that God really sees what I'm walking through? Well, you are missing in the text. He says the word, 11 through 14, a couple of times. He says the word, I am. Sound familiar to you? I am. Moses himself would talk into a burning bush, probably a cactus. That's a joke. You didn't get that. And, and God says, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt and get my people. So Moses begins to take off. Said, oh, wait a minute. Uh, what, do I, what do I tell them when they ask me who sent me? God says, uh, you tell them I am that I am. Um, when God says this, uh, he's using a, a noun and a verb. And normally, an adjective describes a noun. But what better noun is there than God? God says, "I am that I am." Ricky, how do I know that God will lift me up from the pit? Well, you know because I am. I am that I was. I am that I am, and I am that I will be. You didn't get it. I try again. I am. That I was. I am that I is. And I am that I will be. I know it's terrible grown, but it's perfect theology. God is saying, if I did these things for you back then, then because I'm consistent and don't lose who I am, I will do them now. How do I know that God will answer my prayer because if he did it back then, he has to do it again. I'm not preaching prosperity theology here. I'm simply preaching the character of God. God does not start something that he does not finish. Say so. How do I know that God will see what I'm going through? I am. Everything you need is found in me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. All things are found through me. That is how you know that God ain't forgotten you. Man, I'm reminded that when I thought God forgot me, I got a phone call that said, boy, I'm sending you out west. And the same that I have been to you in Durham, I shall be to you in Las Vegas. I don't forget who I am. You forget. God ain't forgotten you. And the reason you know because he is everything. He is all things. If you're low, he is the one who is high. If you're dry, he is the one who puts water to dry bones. If you're lost, he is the one who finds. God has not forgotten his people because he says, the same way I was to Moses, the same way I was to David, the same way I was to Solomon, the same way I was to Abraham, I shall be to you. How do I know that God has not forgotten me? Because he is. Um, I got I to gotta go. Um, I don't even know what time it is. Okay. Um, so growing up, I told y'all I'm from the country. And my granddaddy, man, I, I used to hate, I used to hate rob my granddaddy. Oh my God. Because he never, he never would turn on the AC. He was always hungry. Like he just didn't believe in food or air. He's like, man, <laughs> it's not 1920. I need air. My body's accustomed to AC. Anybody else here in Philly? Anybody And so and the thing that he would do that really made me mad, man, he would go to the city dump. I know that's I, I know. I, just, I want you to feel that he would drive his truck to the dump, park it, take out his seat because he knew the people who worked there, and would sit at the dump talking to folks that they dumped their trash off. Yes, that's my childhood. That's why I'm leaving going to Las Vegas. Right <laughs> and, I mean, I'm 12 years old in the car going, hey, don't nobody want to smell like trash like when I leave. Like, come on, granddad. Like, is there something else we can do? So he would literally go. And I remember, man, one time, man, I would, we would go like almost like a couple times a month. I remember one time, man, this dude pulled up with his trash. He would literally go, Hey, what are you doing? Don't throw it away. That's still some good. He, I mean, I remember him bringing home lawnmowers and computers. And I mean, literally, he would go, Hey, 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 what are you doing? Don't throw it away, that steals some good. But there is one who is better than my grandfather, who sits at the pit of life, who makes his home in the valley. And when you and I believe that we have no hope, when you and I believe that there is no way in the world God can restore us, he says, that away. still some good. He was telling me it all depends on whose hands it's in. But I'm going to remind you that your life is in his hands. And even though you may feel that God has forgotten you, do you not hear a whisper from the valley say, hey, you doing? I ain't forgotten about you. Ezekiel 37 has become so dear to me because I've been reminded that no matter what I went through in my life, there is a God who sits in the valley reminding me that I am for you and I have not forgotten. Hey, hey, what are you Don't throw your hopes away because it's all based on whose hands is in. My granddaddy may not be the most smartest man in the world, but he understood that what was broken in your hands could be fixed in his Father God, I hear a rattling in your sanctuary that you are bringing to life those who felt as if they just barely made it in the church today they just barely opened their Bible they just barely opened their mouth to sing because they just came to do the southern traditional thing by just coming to church but when they walked in what they heard was the spirit of the Lord through his word not through the preacher. But God, you made a a, a, a reminder that even though we walk in broken by your word and by your spirit, you can take what is broken and bring that to life. Father, thank you for still doing miracles in the lives of your people. Israel was reminded that though they may have seen hopelessness, they heard the voice of hope. This is our prayer, Lord, in Christ's name.